0: If you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lydia all the way from Birmingham. Welcome, Lydia.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. How are you doing?
0: I am doing fantastic, and I'm super, super excited to talk with you. Uh, I talked with a common friend a few weeks ago, uh, and uh, she made an introduction, and I'm super excited to get to know you better with this podcast. So,
1: Thank you. I'm excited, too. She had very good things to say.
0: That's good. That's good. So, Lydia, there's people around the world who don't yet know who you are, believe it or not. Would you mind giving people a little bit of an introduction and... Tell them how you ended up where you are right now.
1: Sure. So I currently own two cafes in based in the Midlands, UK, uh, with a real focus on um, quality of produce, uh, the values behind that, specialty coffee, brunch, lunch, everything homemade. As we speak, I am in the process of building site number three, which is going to turn into a wholesale bakery, which is going to see us move into the B2B market as well, rather than just customers walking through the door. Um, I've been doing that since July 2017. Before that, my background is varied, like super varied. I am proudly wear the guys of failed musician like I that's all I was going to do just tunnel vision I was going to be a singer I was going to live on the road and I lived in the back of a van quite a lot of my life and things like that but then that didn't work out came crashing down and ended up doing a bunch of different things one of them quite a corporate setting recruitment uh, which really didn't suit me and then ended up 25 years old which I know is still super young but just going back into hospitality because I'd been in and out of it a lot through my life as a lot of people have been in and out of it just ended up part-time washing up for somebody 25 years old just trying to find myself again and like what it was I wanted to do and very much had this eureka moment of I'm built for this like this is what I'm good at I'm built for this and then there was just a, a journey of learning so as many skills as I could in order to then open my own business and start this this thing which has become really quite special to quite a lot of people um, and that's kind of the whistle stop tour of how I've got to today now um, uh, on the cusp of owning three businesses.
0: Perfect perfect that sounds like a, a roller coaster indeed so
1: yeah it was an, emo- an emotional roller coaster especially the the coming out of the the music industry thing and really coming crashing down and being really quite lost, I guess, um, because that that brought me all the things people talk about, find your passion and you'll never work a day in your life, all those sort of cliches that you hear. And I had found my passion and loved it, but then suddenly not having that and not having the, the dynamic like family vibe around me of being around musicians, and suddenly being like, there never was a plan B, you know, I'd never had a plan B. And so the journey to finding something that I could feel fulfilled by again, that was, there were some dark times in there. I'm not going to lie.
0: Yep. And it's, uh, I mean, I've, I've been extremely lucky. I, I found my calling when I was only 18. So wow, uh, I, I know lots of people uh, spend many years of their life trying to figure out what to do. But uh, yeah, there's some of us are fortunately, ha- have been fortunate, but uh, yeah, that's, that's life. So tell me a little bit about what's hospitality like? I mean, you're running cafes and so on, but sounds, is it monotone? Is it very different? Oh. <laughs> basis or?
1: Hell no, it's completely different. And I think that this is, this is where having like a natural ability for this kind of work um, is something that becomes really important for me to recognize in others as well, because we, and I'm sure this is the same with loads of industries, you know, the customer is the unknown entity that you cannot control and they could throw anything at you at any moment. But imagine that 300 times a day and imagine throwing hunger into the mix as well. Cause we all joke, you know, oh, well, you get hungry and you're not the best version of yourself. But so we, we have to build a team of people who are really good at thinking on their feet and, It is asking a lot of, you know, something that is considered relatively unskilled, by the way. And that's something that I feel very passionate about is that it's not unskilled. It requires a lot of people skills and a lot of creativity and a lot of resilience. So to answer your question, hospitality. Yeah, it's super varied and requires the best version of yourself all of the time. If you want to be really good at it, because there are a lot of people that will just use it as a stopgap and and do an okay job. Um, And something that we spend a lot of time in the recruitment stages, trying to sort of weed out the people who maybe share our values a little bit more. But it also requires an incredible team. And then that team is something that I mean, hospitality right now is is still like many people really recovering from the pandemic and the effects that that had on us. I can't put it any more eloquently than you have a business that relies on people coming into your space in their troves. We used to ram them in. We used to be like, yeah, come on in, sit on each other's laps. Like we're, we're all friends here So suddenly doors closed. Nope. We can't have people in here. So having the kind of team that will take you through that, that are invested in that as well and have the skills to be able to bounce back and get up and motivate themselves every day. In a nutshell, yeah, hospitality's it's always been a bit crazy and now it's like super crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it sounds like a horrific thing, right? Because reality is like running a business when, when you suddenly have all these government regulations, right? Like a lot of the time I could see many, many restaurants and so on where, you know, they could not actually put enough customers into their shop to actually pay the wages for the people doing the work. I'm like when when you're better off having your your business shut than having it open, something is definitely something is definitely not going well. Right. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean like maybe on a financial like from a financial figures point of view, but also you've got to consider the future, right? And you've got to consider customers. Always vote with their feet. I always say that. And if you were the business that was there for them <clears throat> when nobody else was, you are going to buy their loyalty for the rest of their lives, or the rest, of the rest, the rest of the time they're in that geographical area, you know. And and we we just realised early on this isn't going to be a flash in the pan thing. You you could either bury your head in the sand, take the government grants, and just wait for it to pass, right? Wait for it all to blow over. Or you can dig deep and say, no, we've got the stuff that people want. You know, food, drink, coffee, social, social interaction brings joy to people's lives. That's one of the big honours of what we do. The big privileges of what we do. We just need to figure out how to get it to them now. That's all it is. It's just, it's just a brand new challenge.
0: Yeah, I love the way you look at it. I love the way you look at it. So, um, how how do you get the right people into a place like that?
1: So it's very easy to reactively recruit in what we do, um, because you've got a 40 hour hole in your rotor and you physically need people to have the shop open and to be serving people. So it'd be really, really easy to just grab the first person that walks by. But that always backfires. I can't even give you one example of a time where that worked out. So what we've done is created a series of questions during interview which and you could say actually that I maybe learned this from my time in corporate recruitment so maybe I shouldn't diss it so much but we really considered our values. What's important to us as a business? What are the core like non-negotiables? And then the questions become about trying to find out if the person sat in front of you shares any of those values. They don't need to share all of them. You know, we're all different. And that's the beautiful thing about any industry is all the different people that you get in, but trying to explore and, and dig down into what motivates somebody, what gets them going, what gets them out of bed in the morning, Because it's a lot of self-awareness to know what motivates you, right? That You know, it's quite a lot to ask maybe of a relatively young person because our industry is very young. Um, But we can help find that out through a series of clever questions and then help them nurture it. But, like, for example, I will ask people things like... uh, you know, you, you, okay, I give them two scenarios. You can get out of bed, you can go to work, you can do an okay job and you can go home. Or you can go to work, do a really fucking good job and go home. Why do you want to do the latter? And I almost want them to not be able to explain it. I almost, almost want them to be like, well, why wouldn't you? It's just innate. It's like, I have to do it. I can't help myself. I just care too much. And You know, it's sad to think that they can't say money because they can. Of course, it's a reality. You you know, you, you have to pay the bills, you have to go to work. But any job will just pay your rent, you know, and you are in the fortunate position of being able to pick where you want to work. So why here? And this this is it as well. Like we always expect people to know some stuff about us. Like if you turn up to the interview and I can say, what do you know about us? And they don't know, I'll just call the interview there. I'm like, what why are you here? Like we could be horrible. We could be horrible people who don't care about what we do. And we're very, very like visual on social media. It wouldn't take much to find out a bit about us. Um so yeah, nailing down those core values as a business and then asking intuitive questions to find out if those people share those values
0: i, I love that a lot i think uh, one of the core cool things i always say is it's not a people about if people want a job but if it's about if do they want this job like your job right because i think fundamentally uh again there's many jobs out there and, and reality is actually exactly as you just said right like people can show up, people can can do what they want. In the end of the day, my, my experience in life so far is that no one wakes up in the morning and say, I want to do a bad job. I... However, however, as leaders and as managers, it's our responsibility, and this is a horrible word, or people feel it sounds horrible, but it's in principle our role to manipulate people to do the best they can within the time they're at work, right? Because... Reality is it's in our best interest that they do the best job possible. Now, in most cases, it's also in their best interest, because if you do a great job, you're more likely to have better opportunities in the future. You're more likely to learn skills and so on. So it's in principle in both parties' interest, because again, if someone's sitting on their phone playing games eight hours a day, or if they're doing a smashing good job, like anything else being equal, they will always win by doing a good job, right? Like... In life, in general, they will always be better off if they actually learn to, you know, put their feet to the ground and really do solid work.
1: Right? Well, a hundred percent. It's like people people say that. Um they might see a successful person and say they're lucky right but actually no is it lucky or is it just insane work ethic because you'll get super lucky the harder you work right and interesting yeah. you said that about like it benefits everybody on the whole because our our second stage of recruitment it's worth me saying is that no matter what the level of the job whether it's entry level pot wash on whether it's management if you've passed the manager interview set part portion you then go and do a shift with the team And the team get the ultimate sign off because our dynamic is so important to us. This culture that we've built that drove us through things like the pandemic and and, and kept us all working towards one goal. That's the culture that did that. So you can't just you can't just impress me. You can't just impress my business partner or any manager. You have to the whole team have to sign off. And that's a really important part of keeping the dynamic really sound.
0: Yeah, I I love that. I I think uh, definitely more companies should generally be doing that. It's a lot easier when it's a physical uh, business. So obviously when people are sort of remote or working from home, it's a lot harder to really, to get your staff to know the person uh, well. But when I I had office based, we, we would often do a lot of that as well, where basically Bring in someone and when, if we we would interview them, go through that whole process. And if we feel they were a good fit, we would then get them to sit and spend some time with the team and just, you know, let the team get a feel for the person. And then exactly as you say, like in the end of the day, let them, let them have a vote and say what they think. Again, it doesn't mean you never make mistakes. It doesn't mean you don't hire someone occasionally that doesn't work out. But again, it's a numbers game. The more the, the more eyes you have looking at, at something, the more likely you are to get a great outcome, right?
1: Totally. I mean, I guess the interview is a relatively, for some people, they might consider it like a pressured environment. They're either on their best behavior or they're extremely nervous as well. So you're ultimately putting them in a situation that's a lot more natural to the role they're actually going to function.
0: Yeah. And what One thing we actually love doing is um, actually rather first, instead of doing an interview type thing, uh, for, for that reason particularly, what we really like doing is actually get one of the team that we're considering for the role to actually phone them up and just have a chat with them. Like sometimes it's a little bit interviewing, but it's more like have a chat about the job, you know this is what we do, this is what it's all about and really talk to the person as a human being, right because often they seem to be a lot less, scared when it comes to that and very often we find that they often do significantly better in an interview and often what, what's actually most important for us is that they uh they, they often value it a lot more they value the job and they value the opportunity a lot more because it, it is a little bit of a different recruitment process right
1: culture um, first i like it
0: yeah i mean uh, we 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 try and do that because in in the end of the day uh, I look at recruitment as sales, all right? In the sense that recruitment, number one thing is you need to get a lot of candidates in, in principle, uh, because the more candidates you have, the more likely you are to find a great one, all right? Mm. So you definitely want to have a, a pile of candidates. But then it's also really important to um, have some valuable assessments, right? Not just say, oh, you know, this person seems nice or whatever. Like so many small business owners just literally hire whoever walks through the door, all right? Because they're busy, they're stressed, they just want someone in the role. And they're like, oh yeah, let's let's, let's hire someone. And that's, yeah, that rarely works out.
1: Ne- uh, never.
0: <laughs> one, one of the key things for me is, um, and I learned this from the big corporate world as well, but generally is that the more difficult it is to get a job, the more people appreciate it. And more importantly, the less likely they are to actually leave that job.
1: Well, because they feel they feel maybe lucky to have got it. I know I get what you mean. We we've tried to we've tried to set up things that make us a little bit different in that first of all, there's like a job subscription service you can sign up to. So if we're not hiring right now, it's like we're always theoretically hiring. So we get a lot of emails like, Oh, are you hiring? Here's my CV. And I will default just there's like a template that I can just send back and it'll say, We're not hiring right now, but please sign up to this mailing list, and you'll be the first to know when we are hiring. And nine times out of 10, they don't do it. And I'm like, well, great, thank you for making that decision for me because you weren't willing to just go that extra little bit further. Um, and also it creates this idea of like, it's a bit of exclusivity, like, oh man, it's it's hard to get in there. And you know, this, this industry, I mean, industry standard in the UK is you get 13 and a half weeks out of somebody. So you're like hiring and training somebody new every 13 and a half weeks. Not only is that tiring, but it's expensive we've got something like an 18 month staff retention and I really do believe it's because of things like that like so you've you've had to sign up to the subscription thing and oh my god you've got a notification saying they are hiring and then when you get there you know you meet me and I've I've asked you some interesting questions and then you go to the trial shift and the team are really cool and like happy to be there um so yeah I I get what you're saying man like it's make it more of like an exclusive club as well. Like you're super lucky to get in here.
0: Okay. That's cool. That's cool. So when, when you have so much turnover, generally, do, do you have people that stick around for a significant period of time? generally?
1: Totally. I mean, we, so my, my day one hire was a guy called George who was going to be head chef Um, because I, I know front of house, I know coffee and I know people and managing people, but I can't cook and 50% of the business is, is about food. So I met this guy who took what who took that side just as seriously. And he got the values and he got what I was trying to build. Um, and he's now my business partner, you know, like four and a half years down the line. It's, it's now a given food is your thing. Everything else is my thing. And we work beautifully together in that manner. So he's now been with me four and a half years. Um, we've got, Oh, people, I mean, inordinate like out of proportion with the rest of hospitality people that have been here years and oh yeah okay I might sound a bit full of myself but it's the culture it's the culture that we've built people want to be here it's fun we reward loyalty as well you know we're we're building a company based around the people that we meet rather than trying to find people to fulfill our dreams right because right now we're opening a wholesale bakery he told me three years ago we were going to open a wholesale baker, I'd be like, what? That wasn't part of the original plan. But actually, we've met two or three people along the way who have these incredible skills based around bread, pastry, and people were coming to us saying, hey, can we buy your stuff to sell in our shop? And that's where we were like, hey, there's an opportunity here. So like I said, we've built this based around the people that have, have stuck around. But like you mentioned earlier, that there, there is also great pride in being able to recognize, actually, no, we made a mistake here and letting somebody go and not like beating a dead horse. Because on a from a personal characteristic point of view, I don't like giving up on people. I like to feel that I can change people and help people. And I'm working on that myself, but also trying to turn it into a strength. You know finding that line between can i help you i've tried to help you versus actually no we just don't align this isn't meant to be
0: yeah it's definitely in many many companies people people keep the wrong staff around too long mm. and the problem is when you're small business like you don't need many bad not bad people that's the wrong word but you don't need many people who are not delivering for it to really really hurt your business right because as a small business, like you need the productivity out of all the resources you have.
1: Well, it's the bad apple analogy rather than like bad people, right? But so we're twenty-seven people now, um, and we most most recently, you know, you have one potentially bad apple, and you know when you've got ten people in on the day, it like you say, it doesn't take much for all of a sudden the vibe to change, the culture to start taking a, a downward spiral for you to realise that when you take culture as seriously as we do you have to react and regardless of the consequences you know whether it's like oh but we need this person like nah we'll either go short staffed or I'll jump back in I'm not that operational anymore because I'm all about expanding the business and making it bigger but culture you can outsource so much right but you can't outsource culture so I will put some stuff to the side or send it to somebody else to do and be like, nah, fine. If it, I'll come back and, and I'll be operational again, because this is too important for me to prioritize bookkeeping or whatever it is that was on my agenda that day.
0: Totally. Totally. That makes sense. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely sounds like a challenging environment. Um, and, and I'll say even, Training up, I mean, with the amount of staff you have now, you must be training up like new leaders and managers as well. Like, can, can you find people or do you find people regularly that have management experience or do you train them up from scratch, as you say?
1: So, occasionally you'll get somebody that has management experience if we are um, specifically hiring for a manager, but more times than not, we are, I mentioned it earlier, we are a young industry, you know, we're, we're, it just is what it is. And therefore, more often than not, I'm meeting people that don't have much management experience, if any, or like I said, we're recognizing potential in people and we're nurturing that. And we're saying, hey, have you ever thought about management? Because you're good at this, by the way, like you're naturally good at this. So how about taking the next step and taking this seriously as a career, which enough people, you know, not enough people are getting excited about that, if you ask me. So a lot of my role has been about considering how to teach people how to manage people and you know it's we're a very dynamic team a very dynamic group of people and that means that you've got some people like myself you know I said I was a failed musician naturally extroverted quite happy to be the center of attention there are some pluses to that but also the minuses are that I'm always trying to be the loudest voice in the room and I'm trying to teach myself to listen more and like be more considerate But then you'll meet somebody who actually is maybe a bit more introverted and they're worried about having to be more assertive. And I'm trying to teach them that actually their superpower is you're already a fantastic listener. You've already thinking all the time. Harnessing that power is super powerful for you. So I am in The luxurious position of being able to cater training to specific people and something i'm working on right now is sort of extrapolating that to something bigger and being able to say okay we have training for different types of people based on your sort of natural characteristics but something that i focus on a lot and this isn't even just specific to personality type or characteristics is honesty as a leader and vulnerability because the thing I've realized in the past couple of years that the thing new new managers are most afraid of is that they won't have the answers and that somebody will come to them with something and they need to be this all-seeing, all-understanding management god that immediately knows what to do. And it is very, very daunting if you've never done that before. And something I... I do with people is I call it the best boss exercise, where I ask them to think about the best leader, best team leader, boss, manager, whatever you want to call them, and just tell me three characteristics that they had. And 100% success rate, by the way, they'll throw some great things at you like charismatic, hardworking, resilient, tenacious. Nobody ever says, always right. Like perfect nobody ever says these things these expectations that you're about to hold yourself to as a new manager so that whole exercise is is to make them realize that your best boss best manager ever they were human too they were humble they apologized and teaching people to say or have the ability to say you know what I don't know the answer to this right now but you deserve my 100% attention you deserve a response to this so I want to go away and think about it or I want to talk to Lydia or I want to talk to George my business partner get some advice I want to think about it and set a date to come back to it so they know that you take it seriously
0: so are you indicating that you're not perfect
1: oh it pains me to say it it pains me to say it absolutely not and actually my biggest weakness is something that I have worked really really hard to turn into a positive which is that I told you I'm a failed performer which means that I come with an ego I come with a chip on my shoulder and that could be seen as a real weakness but actually I'm turning it into I'm embracing it I'm like if I say I'm going to do something I have to do it because I'm worried that people will think I'm rubbish if I don't they'll think that I'm not somebody that's true to my word but actually, let's harness that. I said I was going to do something, so let's do it. Let's figure out how to facilitate it and make it a thing. And again, there's some humility that comes with that in terms of maybe realizing that what you said out loud wasn't a fantastic idea. But then helping new managers assess their faults and turning those into their biggest weapons.
0: Yep. I love it. uh, Yeah, with all my management training and focus, like one of the most critical pieces of it is uh, around finding, uh, helping people understand their natural strength and weakness, because most people don't know. And it's actually a lot easier than you think when you start looking at behavior. Um, but then really help them to understand how, how how can they utilize their strength? Because again, like as humans, we naturally try and focus on the stuff we're not good at. And we're mm-hmm. always like, oh, you know, I'm not good at this. I should improve that. But actually in most cases, you're so much better off focusing on the things you are good at because that is what you are actually good at. And then working with other people who have different strength than you and getting them to do more of the stuff that, you know, they, they're, they're great at. And that's for me, like building teams like that and really giving people the opportunity to to be who they are the best is, makes a huge difference.
1: It takes a lot of self-awareness though, right? Like you said, like being able to explore that and what I encourage new managers especially to do is ask themselves a series of questions at the end of the day. Like for me, some of them sound super cheesy, but I'll ask myself things like, am I proud of how I conducted myself today? Would I work with me? And the answer is not always yes. Of course, it's not. Like I just said, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But then what you can do is dig a little deeper into those things. Okay, what did I do today that I wasn't so proud of? What could I have done differently? And then if you've thought it through and you've thought about how you'll attack it differently next time, it also gives you a ability to let it go and forgive yourself for the things that you didn't do perfectly.
0: Interesting. I like that. Uh, I like that mindset. I like that mindset. Well, Lydia, fantastic conversation. That was a lot of fun. Um, any sort of resources for people or anything you'd recommend for people who are either running a company already, a small business or who are looking to maybe grow themselves from a personal development standpoint?
1: Sure. I mean, so from a culture point of view, um, a book that made a lot of difference to me was called The Culture Code. Um, something I really really it really hit hard with me um I think the resources that I rely on a lot are very specific to hospitality um, but there's a podcast called Restaurant Unstoppable um, by Eric Cacciatore he's American based but that really gave me an insight into how other new young hospitality owners were dealing with the challenges faced um, there's a new UK based one called the Cafe Hustle which is really useful um and then from a, a personal development point of view. Journaling man, I've listened to your podcasts. I know a lot of people talk about this, but writing stuff down to explore more and come back to um is a very underrated thing.
0: Yep. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't <laughs> agree more. Excellent. Well, Lydia, thank you very much for joining me today. If people are eager to get hold of you, what's the best way to do so?
1: Okay, I mean, um, Both of the existing businesses are all over social media, Warwick Street Kitchen, St. Kitchen. I'm also on social media, but drop me an email, um, Lydia at warwickstreetkitchen.com or Lydia at SaintKitchen.com. And I'd love to chat. Like I really could talk about hospitality and team leading all day. So please get in touch. That'd be great.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much again. It was awesome meeting you.
1: Thank you. Pleasure. Excellent.
0: And to the audience, thank you very much for holding on all the way to the end. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about
1: management at MadSingers.com.